and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast. I am your host, Jason Gutarski, and we are bringing you episode 83, Tasty Games. And I'm here with my uh, one of my co-hosts who's uh, going to be coming in and out from time to time. His name is Jake Powells. How you doing, Jake? Good. How are you doing, Jason? I'm real good, man. Glad to be back playing games, talking about games, uh, bringing a new episode out like uh, within two weeks of the last episode yeah. coming out. Pretty awesome stuff. So, we kind of had the idea to uh, share kind of some tasty games, and um, really that's a really broad, <laughs> broad uh, category, kind of theme that I've come up with, because it doesn't have to necessarily do with things you eat, but kind of like taste in the broader sense of like stylish or mm-hmm. clever, um, and one of them that we'll talk about actually has to do with food, so yeah. we're just kind of lumping them all into this <laughs> this like loosely based theme, so uh, let's get right into it. We're, gonna, we're here to talk about games today, so... Uh, Jake, why don't you give us uh, one uh, of the tasty games that you have in mind that's really kind of caught your attention recently. Alright, well, um, one of my favorite games released last year um, was a little card game called The Fox in the Forest, which is a uh, trick-taking game designed specifically for two players. Um, And it's got beautiful artwork um, published by Renegade Games. Um, And it's really just... It's just super clever. Like, I grew up on trick-taking games, playing Pinochle as a kid, playing Euchre in high school, and it it really dialed in and focused on how can we make a game like this for two players, because it's going to be completely unbalanced unless they do something to make it special and and the way that they solved that problem was with the unique scoring system that they came up with. Yeah, the scoring the scoring really makes this game. I mean, the, the artwork is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's that's the first thing that says tasty, right? Right mm-hmm. to me is like this this beautiful presentation. Uh, the illustrations were done by Jennifer Meyer and um, it's kind of like this like fantasy world. I, I don't really know the story. Is is it is that a fairy tale or do they just Yeah, make fairy it? tale, I think okay. it's definitely. Yeah, it's kinda... like royalty and like a huntsman and a witch, and it's it's very much like those, you know, Cinderella or Snow White, those stories we grew up with. Yeah, and, and real high quality, kind of that style of art, like fantasy art, um, but with like a really classy, not like a really geeky twist to it, mm-hmm. but just like, just like wow, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it draws you in nicely. Uh, in the game, there's there's three suits, and mm-hmm. they're numbered one through fourteen, one through thirteen. One through eleven, eleven, yep. right? And uh, and all of the odd cards have those have special abilities. They mm-hmm. kind of add new twists. Mm-hmm. You get thirteen cards each. There's a card revealed that is the trump suit, mm-hmm. and then uh, players often run and playing one card at a time back and forth. Whoever has the highest card wins the trick. But like the scoring uh, really makes the game. So why don't you go ahead and talk about how that how that works? Yeah. So they made it. So really, in any trick taking game, the concept of leading. Um, it's like once you play a card, the person who is responding to you has to play a card that follows that, and generally in the same suit. And if they can't go higher than the card you have, then you win and you keep going. And so maintaining the lead is a major part of the strategy. Well, in this, they balanced it by having it be you get a range of points, and six is the most you can get in a round, other than some special bonuses. Um, And you get six points for either getting seven to nine tricks, which is less than all of them, um, or zero to three tricks. So you really, the whole time it's a mind game where you're trying to figure out, is the other person 
trying to get tricks or trying to lose tricks. And you don't want to fall into the trap of just taking as many tricks as you can because you might take too many and score nothing. So it's really... You know, like Your strategy could change three times in one hand because you're responding constantly to what the other person is doing and looking down and realizing, oh, if I take one more trick, I'm going to have zero points instead of six. And so there's this fine line you got to walk to uh, to score the the ultimate thing that you can each round. Yeah, it's a really good tension, too, because I'm sizing up my hand, and maybe I've got a lot of trump cards, and I'm like, oh, I've got a lot of trump cards. Maybe I should go for... Uh you know, go for getting all those, you know, the seven to nine range and getting those six points. But, like, there are cards that will allow players uh, to change that, that trump card if mm-hmm. they want to. Um, and then, like, you're if you're sitting in between those two scoring points, if you're at, like, that that uh, four, five, or six tricks one, you're like, oh, how can I just get one more, you know, to two more? Or, like, uh, you, you feel, like, totally bummed when you've crossed that three threshold. You know, like, trying to lose is just as hard as trying to win in mm-hmm. this game. And it makes for a really good back and forth. And I think it's the kind of game that, with experience, you're going to be able to size up what players are trying to do, mm-hmm. like, the more you play. So it's got that 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 easy entry, like, quick-to-learn kind of mm-hmm. thing. We can be up and running, but but it's got this... Uh, it's got this depth that just will like continue to be there the more the more you play it. It's like a card player's game. Yes. It's definitely got that classic feel like, you know, we have cards with numbers and suits on them. And so you this is a easy intro game for people who aren't hobby gamers too. I mean, I taught this to my dad over Christmas break and he picked it up pretty quickly cuz he's played games like Pinochle and Euchre. Um, but he found it interesting and it this is the thing is like I, you know, being able to just sit down with my dad and play a trick-taking game was not really a thing we could do in the past without getting a couple more people involved. And so now, with this two-player game, it's really easy to get something like that going. Um, and it's really, as far as the tasty tastiness factor, like yeah, I think yeah. part of that tastiness is the fact that it is so classic. Mm-hmm. It is such a classic. And we'll, we're going to talk about another one later today that has a very similar classic card-playing style. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you know, like that—that's one of the things about this two this two player game that is that like this is a quality trick taking game, a thinky one. Um, and you mentioned euchre and and pinochle, and I'm not I'm not very good at trick taking games, and like I don't get to play them very often because I'm most often gaming with my wife. Mm. So like I can't really get that trick taking experience very often unless we're gonna pull something like this out. Another one that I really like is Haggis, which is mm. uh, it's like it, which is technically a climbing game, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like tissue optimized for two to three mm-hmm. players. But um, and Ladder Twenty Nine works works pretty good with with uh, two players as well. But like it, it is a hard thing to like scratch that trick taking itch yeah. until you get into the. The, the you know games like the fox in the forest. Right. So I I, I previously played uh, Nyet. Oh yeah, another one that's like that. But I, that one I feel like probably shines better with more than two players. I agree. I, I picked it up specifically because it had the two player count, and when I played it, it was like uh, there's a couple of real special rules for playing with two players. So you feel like you're, maybe you're not missing the the part where like you're canceling out the rules. Like mm-hmm. each round, you get to create the rules of how to play the game. Uh, it's definitely a good game and a great package and great mm-hmm. art. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, this one like if you play two player games and you mm-hmm. like trick taking, if you like classic uh, card games, if you if you want to play uh, with with non gamers who like classic card games, if you want to play with your card player families, mm-hmm. the Fox in the Forest is a good one. So that one is designed by Joshua uh, 
Burgel, Burgel, I'm sorry about that, mm-hmm. and published by Foxtrot Games and Renegade Game Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely a good, you know, fifteen twenty dollar kind of small package game to to get up and go. So For very sure. tasty, much tasty, mm. and not because like I'm a fox that like captured an animal and like <laughs> destroyed it and ate it in the forest, just because it's a good game. Awesome. So yeah, the other one that Jake mentioned that, that has this kind of classic card player. Uh, uh, feel like if you've seen my Instagram or the the Twenty Minutes of Filler Facebook group recently, one of the games that I played um, was Illimat, which was mm-hmm. the game uh, that developed by the band the the, Dis- the, the Decemberists. Mm-hmm. Well, not developed by them. They, they commissioned this game by from Keith Baker, who um, is a, a classic game designer known for like Gloom and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the the origin of this game was that they they play board games when they're on the road and. Uh, that's and, the life. Yeah, it's so cool, right? Like, let's go play music, and then, hey, we, have, we were done with sound checks, so let's pull out our tub of games and, and play. <laughs> um, so for a photo shoot, they did this kind of, like, secret society kind of theme, and they and they had their artist who does all their album artwork and poster artwork, like, design this board game so they could be playing this mysterious-looking board game in the background. Well, it wasn't a game, it was just art. So then they said, well, let's talk to our buddy Keith and have him make an actual game out of it and then do a Kickstarter for it. And the mm-hmm. Kickstarter was wildly successful. And if you've seen some of the Decemberist artwork stuff, mm-hmm. it's it's very cool and very stylized, uh, very tasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and this game is like production quality of awesomeness and it has has that classic card game it, it not only does it look like it's a relic from like an ancient secret society mm-hmm. like it feels like a game that could have been around for a long right. time yep. so like it comes in a small package it's a little bit pricey but that's that reflects like the the quality of the components mm-hmm. like there's these little custom metal tokens yep. that, that are points like totally pointed well, those could have been poker chips yeah. those could have been yep. anything yeah but they made them these really cool metal pieces the board is a silk screened piece of fabric kind of like a big black handkerchief mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of like a Ouija board, or like it just has this like this otherworldly feel Mystical. to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you got this fancy deck of cards that has art that's very reminiscent of like tarot cards with tarot sized cards that are these special cards, and then mm-hmm. a deck of really neat looking uh, uh, playing cards, just like four suits. It's four, a four suited deck with uh, uh, some face cards that do some special things. But the game itself, like there's the on this board, there are four different fields, and they're based on the seasons. And you actually use the square box in mm-hmm. the middle of the board yeah. um, that determines kind of what is allowed in each of that fields, and that box rotates, and that's called the Illimat. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in the game, there's these different actions that you can take, and you can sow cards by discarding a card into a field. You can harvest by collecting cards, which is when you match the value of a card that is in the field. But you, you can do that by, like, if I had a 10 and there was an 8 and a 2 and a 10, I could play that 10 and pick up all four of those cards mm-hmm. and put them in my, in my score pile. You can stop Pile where you can add numbers together um, from your hand with cards that are already on the board. As long as you have another card that matches that value on yeah. your hand, it's like that's the kind of like a long game, like uh, where the depth comes in. Like mm-hmm. when you can pull those off, it takes a little bit of work, but you can get some big gains from doing that. Yeah, and it's it's very like overall, it's pretty simple. Like the main mechanic is you're trying to collect more cards than everybody else. Like yeah. that's really what you're trying to do. And, but- and one of the suits uh, is is good. Stars give you, or summer gives you points, mm-hmm. and then winter gives you negative points. Mm-hmm. And then if you clear fields, you get a couple little bonuses. But yeah, trying to collect more cards is the is the the main push. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and like simply that's it. But then how you do that becomes this like push and pull yeah. puzzle, mm-hmm. planning things out depending on which season is available because each of the seasons have a different um, rule. So in summer anything goes. You mm-hmm. know, summer is like the best time of year. You can play. You can you can do your uh, all three of your actions there. You can sow, harvest, or stockpile. Winter is that you can't harvest. It's it's locked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in in spring you can. You can you can harvest and sow, but you can't stockpile cards there. And then in autumn, uh, you can't sow, uh, which is which is neat because like you don't plant things, yeah, you yeah. don't plant seeds in the in the fall. Like it, it so like it's thematic for being this like mm-hmm. just this this graphical experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what did you think of this one? Like as we were we've played it a few times, I like it. It's it's interesting. Um, it's definitely one where you have to pay attention to what the other person is doing. Um, you you know if they stockpile something. You know, you know, because they have to prove that they have a card in their hand to take that. So you have a turn. If you happen to have what they just stockpiled, then you can steal it from them. Or you can wait for it to come back around, and then they're going to take it. And so that can be... That can also be a little bit of a push-your-luck element when you stockpile. Because you might have a card that's worth points in your hand... But at the end of the game, you can't have anything in your hand. You don't score those. You have to put that on the board and then get it back. And so I've, I've a couple times we you know end up stockpiling a card that's worth points, and the other person just sneaks in there and is able to take it. And you're like, ah. But other times, you know, based on what cards have already been played, that maybe your odds are pretty good that you could play that, and then the next turn be able to take it. Right. Score some yeah. Points. Cl- that clever like card playing skill of card counting could be really helpful in this game. Mm-hmm. Like if if you cause, kind of pay attention to what's already been out there, what's already been played, um, which I'm t- I'm not very good at. But like that's that's another another thing about this is the, like that 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 classic card game where like you can play it at a certain level mm-hmm. and get better the more you play it. Mm-hmm. You know, and different players, the more more experienced in card games, are going to play it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to like the Decemberists to play this game. It's like, true. it's pretty unrelated. But I think if you wanted to have a really tasty game night, For you, sure. you could do your black and white bow tie bowler cap, put on your <laughs> Decemberist records, and sit around and have make make this make this a special kind of experience. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, it's... It's it's a really clever game, and I just the visual presentation. If you haven't seen it yet, look it up because it just like it feels unique. It, it makes me want to pick it up off the shelf and, and look at it and share it with people. Yeah, it, I I haven't seen another game like it. Yeah, pretty cool. So good job, Decemberists and Keith Baker for uh, for making some some magic in the board game world. Yeah. So if they get to come into my world and make board games, they better let me come into their world and open some shows for them or there something. You go. <laughs> I'm going to play my spoons in my washboard at one of their future concerts. Look for it. Um, another one uh, on the theme of, of tastiness is this cute game I've been playing with my kids. Mm. Um, and it is uh, from from WizKids. And they partnered up with Kid Robot, who is a... Uh, are you familiar with Kid Robot? No. I'm... So they're one of those companies that does like designer like collectible toys. Oh, okay. Like you get blind bags of them or something. Mm. And some of these things can be like super limited edition mm. or like they're just like little cute creatures or whatever. Um, and K- Kid Robot is a, is a, a designer toy company, okay. I, I believe. I'm not really in that world, but like... <laughs> When I go to Vault of Midnight, like uh-huh. they used to have this like kid robot stuff, you know, hmm. that you could buy, and then like little little figures, kind of like the the entry level to that world would be like the pop miniatures. Okay, but like the real serious stuff is like 
you know, these other little indie companies that are doing, you know, kind of their own creative stuff. So they have this world uh, called Yummy World. And, they, and it has the feel, like, of, like, Sushi Go type of, like, super cute fruits and cupcakes and foods, like hot dogs and pizzas with faces, with cute little faces on them. <laughs> so, um, so it kind of makes sense that uh, the designer of this game that, that we played is called Yummy World uh, Party at Picnic Palace Card Game. So we call it Yummy World around here. But it was designed by Phil Walker Harding, who is also the designer of Sushi Go. Okay. Um, and he's also the designer of Emotep. So, like, he's a he's a he's a solid. Like, if, if his name is not a game, like, I'm interested. Like, nice. he's solid solid designer. Um, and and this one is a cute like little kind of little box, and it's just cards, and it's it's drafting, and it's almost. I mean, it's silly to say that it's like a family-friendly version of Sushi Go. <laughs> Sushi Go is about as family-friendly as you can get. Uh, yeah. Um, but but it's the difference. The, the the main difference, I think, is that it is a drafting game, mm. um, but it is open drafting. Like you have three rows of nine cards okay. on the board, and you start with two of each of those row um, in the in the beginning of the row that are flipped face up, and they all have set collection scoring on them. So okay. if you get one of these, it's worth one point, but if you get two, it's worth three, and there's some that are more rare than others, and it's kind of funny, because it's like just like their they're, they're like their toys. Mm-hmm. Like, this toy is more valuable because, you know, it's it's more rare. Uh-huh. And you have these four invitation cards in front of you. You're inviting these cute little creatures to your party in your yummy world. Okay. Um, and so on your turn, you can do one of three things. You can reveal a card, or two if you're only playing with two players, and in, in one of the rows of cards. Uh, you can use one of your invitations, and you just flip it over, showing that it's used, um, to take all the face-up cards in one row. Or, if you happen to have a Polly, the Polly the Pickle, he allows you to take any one face-up card. So if you see something you really want, you're running low on invitations, or maybe there's only two cards face-up in a row, you don't want to waste an invitation to only get two cards, but if you have a Polly the Pickle, you can take the one card you want and leave the other one for the future. All right. So you, you play that um, three rounds. You add up your points over there. And, and it's very similar to... Uh, what is it in Sushi Go that you keep until the end of the game? The pudding, spoil? I think. The, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, the, the pudding. plan, whatever yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. Um, so in this, you have a cupcake mm-hmm. that is like you're, you keep these until the end. Whoever has the most gets 10 points. Whoever okay. has the least gets negative 10. Um, so it has those similarities to Sushi Go. The art style is similar to Sushi Go, but it's right. kind of connected to this license from Kid Robot. Right. And um, it's it's just a, it's like the the back and forth is makes it feel a little unique. That You can yeah. see everything that is out there mm-hmm. um, that, like, if I don't take it now... You might take it. Kind of similar to that right. Elmat thing. Yeah, like, it seems like it's a little bit more friendly for a little bit of a younger set than Sushi Go because in Sushi Go you have to you have to deduce and, and I mean it's it's pretty simple, but you have to deduce based on what cards you just got handed back what the other what got taken. You know, you right. have to remember what was there. Whereas if it's all out, out on the table, you can see what they're taking. Yeah. And so... And you can see what they're collecting. And exactly. You, and, so yeah. it might be a little bit easier for, for younger kids to keep track of that stuff rather than having to do it mentally. Yeah. And, and that... that um, kinesthetic like holding cards and passing them around thing mm-hmm. you know that that can be a challenge for small kids my mm-hmm. five-year-old was playing it with us and like she she's not very good at holding cards but like um you know picking them off the table you mm-hmm. know is no no problem for sure um yeah like i think i think that that's really what this is kind of aimed at is like a little bit younger making it easier to play um 
The box says ages eight and up. My 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 eight year old loves it. She's wanted to play it several times, and she, uh, I was able to teach her about like the value kind of uh, thing, mm-hmm. where like she would just like, well, hey, I've already got one of these, or this one's going to give me three cards, but like, um, if she did the math problem, like I would like, well, that's only going to give you three points if you choose that one, but if you choose this one. Like, don't just pick the, the cutest picture. Like, <laughs> figure out, like, which one gives you... Hey, this one gives you five points. That one only gives you three, even though it's more cards, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. so then she started, like, I told her that once. And then for the rest of the game, she was paying attention to that. So, like, um, real good game to kind of help kids learn that basic strategy. Uh, but simple set collection game and drafting through... Um, through the lens of these really cute, these really cute cards. So um, I think that if you like Sushi Go, if you like Best Treehouse Ever, if you like uh, that sort of game, that sort of way to game playing with your kids, um, really Yummy World would be would be a good one to to take a look at. Cool. Yeah, a Yummy World party at Picnic Palace card game. To be, to be specific. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jake, it was fun to hang out and talk about games today and play games today. Um, uh, green cartridge-wise, I did get the sample copy of Before the Earth Explodes. It's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, I'm super happy. So mass production is, like, in gear. Hopefully they'll be boxing them up and uh, shipping them out to us before too long. And, and uh, I'll do a video probably on the Facebook group showing off, like, how good it looks inside yeah. that box. Yeah, it's great. Um, we'll be back again soon. Jake, in the meantime, where can people get a hold of you if they want to interact with you and your uh, love for board games? You can find me on Twitter at underscore board, the number two, death. Board to death with a number and an underscore. Awesome. You can find me at Jason Katarski or at Green Couch Games. I hope if you haven't yet, you will join our 20 Minutes of Filler uh, podcast Facebook group. Um, and if not, subscribe in iTunes. If you haven't, if you're just picking this up, whatever, listen to it. We're glad you're listening. And if you subscribe, that's cool, too. If you want to leave us a review on, on iTunes, that'd be that'd be neat. We're into that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's, that's what podcasters <laughs> are supposed to say. I just discovered that people had actually done that recently, and we had some nice reviews. Yeah. So uh, we'll keep those coming. It makes me feel good in, in two years when I remember to look at them again. <laughs> it, will make, it will make me feel good. But thank you guys for listening, for sticking with us. Uh, we hope that until next time, you get out there and play some great little games. 